0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to be talking skills versus roles today. And how that applies to the draft season and training camp news cycle. Coming up on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Podcast with Christopher Harris joining me. Hey, everybody. Jeff Erickson here from roto and here with my good friend Christopher Harris of Harris Football, who you can follow on Twitter at Harris Football, ironically enough, and check out all of his good work at uh, HarrisFootball.com. Uh, his fantastic podcast, video breakdowns, film room, all the collaborations he does with Brett Coleman, and also all the good stuff he did in the you know the run-up to draft season you can check out, too. Chris, it's awesome to see you. Uh, it'll be great to see you when you're out here in LA at some point in time, uh, we got to play golf after the football season's over again. And, uh, <laughs> that we have that like three, you know, three month window where you're here and also not doing podcasts five days a week.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be back out, uh, third week in August. And I mean, at the very least we can hang out, right. We don't maybe yeah. not make a full day of golf. I mean, we play on Fridays, you know, you That's just true. can't make it. Don't pin it on me. Oh, I make
1: it. I make it earlier <laughs> than you, though. That's the that's the problem. Uh, yeah. But, uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, let's talk. Of, uh, you know about the the continuing tension that happens in our in the fantasy world, especially the fantasy analyst world, and that is looking at player skills versus trying to guess his roles. Guess what the coach is going to do. There's this tension because skills matter most, but roles matter too a little bit when we're trying to figure out you know, what's going to happen this season. I know you're a big proponent of looking, okay, can the player play? What can he do?
2: Why don't you elaborate more? Cause I don't want to like verbalize your philosophy. Right. Um, I don't know. My philosophy is that I, 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 tend kind of not to have a philosophy. <laughs> okay. I, I, I try to take every situation, every, every, you know, judgment, in its own merit, there are some cases where we have a really clean sense of who the players are and what the offense will look like or what the defense will look like or what the team strategy will be. And I'm not like so blind as to say, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. I think Josh Allen has now proven himself that we're not going to get some dramatic change in offensive philosophy just because Brand- Brian Abel's not there anymore. Like, I- I'm willing to um, trust my eyes and what they've seen in the past for for quote-unquote judging situation uh i just think there's just uh, we we have a very, very lazy industry there's just a lot of laziness in this industry where you know it's the easiest thing for people to do is pull up a depth chart and look and see well miles gaskin's the only running back i've ever heard of so i guess it's miles gaskin rb 17 right. right and uh i just I, I of course situations matter they matter unbelievably But in a lot of cases, we're not good at judging them until we get to see them in action because the NFL changes so much from year to year. So uh, in a lot of cases, when there's a lot of change, when there's presumptive turnover, when there's new players involved or new systems involved, I will try and do my best to weigh situation as little as possible. It's always going to factor in your mind. You're not going to go in with a pure clean slate and be like the Lions offense and the Chiefs offense are exactly the same in my mind going into this year until they prove me otherwise. Like that's dumb. No, no, of course not. But I'm, I'm trying to make talent matter as much as I possibly can. My judgment of talent matter as much as I possibly can when I'm evaluating the attractiveness of players for fantasy.
1: I'll give you a perfect example of depth chart scouting. And I was talking about this with Nick Whalen on Monday is the Colts wide receiver room. You know, it's Michael Pittman and a bunch of guys that we're not certain about, whether it's Paris Campbell uh, whether it's the rookie, uh, whether you know it's a bunch of guys we really don't know very well, you know it's easy to say Pittman's the only game in town; he's going to get all these targets. But that, that's just not how the NFL works.
2: Yeah, that's a little different, even though that's that's similarly insidious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little different from. Um, uh, it's not that different. No, it's it's fair. You're not, but the judgment there. I think everybody agrees that Pittman's pretty good. Yeah. And, and so I would also have a tendency to say, well, I don't know if anybody else for the Colts in their receiver room is any good. So maybe somebody is, and I need to be open to that possibility, but probably nobody can convince me they're good until I see it. Week one, Alec Pierce, isn't going to do something in training camp or Paris Campbell's not going to do something in training camp. That's going to blow me away so much that I go, forget it. Like, and I'm not going to care that the coaches go, Oh, forget it. You know, it's only Alec Pierce. He's really, he's so good. He's playing so great. Um, The fact that I know Pittman's a good player, independent of that kind of situation, uh, you know, makes that situation matter. Makes me think he can take advantage of a relatively barren depth chart. So like for me, it's much more, oh, uh, Tyler Algier should now be considered X, Y, or Z because who else is there? And the Falcons said something nice. Like I, I, neither you nor I, nor anyone else really knows whether that guy can play until we see it week one. We don't, we just don't know. And then and not knowing about somebody's ability and assuming they're gonna inherit some giant workload because you don't trust anybody else in the roster is such a dangerous game. I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm just saying don't draft him, you know, don't don't get caught up in hype, which is kind of how Miles Gaskin got where he got last year, where this dude who's like really not that good and never proven anything, but people were going, well, I don't see anybody else in the depth chart, so it's just gonna be him and it turned out he wasn't good enough to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. Or
1: just looking, going back to the Falcons and the Mike, you know, Mike Davis is the only guy on the depth chart there that exactly. we
2: exactly. You know, yeah. Although oh, I oh. thought Mike Davis was a pretty good player. That's so I, that was a bad judgment on mine. Like he had been a yeah. favorite of mine back in like the Seattle days. I thought right. he was not a great player, but I thought he's a pretty good player and I kind of liked that he was landing in a place where he did. So I, I, I personally whiffed on that, but you're right. Like, the fact that the Falcons determined that he couldn't play mattered way more than whether the depth chart was barren. They turned right. a freaking kick returner into their starting instead of using him, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and my, and always my point too, is, you know, you can always say it's a wasteland. It's barren. There's no one there. Teams find someone they'll find ways. Uh, you know, they're not going to just say, Oh, we can't throw up our hands. We can't do anything else. You don't have anything better. I mean, unless you're, Houston Texans, maybe then they do that. But in some positions, but um it, it's it's for the most part. The, there's always someone else. I mean, there there's there's a lot of players looking for a job that can play that just need to be given that chance. In some many cases,
2: yeah. And a lot of times, what we're talking about are running backs because that's mm-hmm. the commodity. That's the thing mm-hmm. that's the scarcest, the, the hardest to find, the reliable every week running back. Matters at receiver too. You know, I, like you just mentioned the Pittman case and maybe that's not the perfect case just because we think Pittman's a really good player. So we like the fact that he's in where he's where he is, even though he's not going to get 190 targets, you know, it's probably not going to work out like that because there's quote unquote, no one else. Um, But like, I don't know. I don't imagine for uh, just a team that randomly comes to mind because of where I'm talking to you from, but the Patriots have a lot of targets up for grab and have a lot of names. So there's, there's like, there's not a who else is there type situation, but there's a, there's a, there's a way for you to talk yourself into a bunch of different guys if you really want to, and the reason we're not going to talk ourselves into any of them, any of those Patriots receivers, is because we don't suspect that any of them are all that good. It right. Matters. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's a great point. Um, so let's try to filter some of this noise. Let, let's apply this to the current news cycle, and Tampa Bay was obviously the biggest team making noise yesterday, both on who they signed and also who they didn't put on the pup list. I mean, it was, it was a very busy day in Tampa. Julio Jones agrees to a deal with the Bucs, uh, and that blew up Twitter for a while there. Uh, a lot of RIP Russell Gage shares, and what's that happening hmm. to Mike Evans? I want to ask, first of all, does Julio Jones have anything left in the tank? Because when we saw him last with the Titans, I was underwhelmed with what he could do.
2: Were you? I don't know. I couldn't even tell what he could do. They didn't throw him the ball. Yeah. I, I went, uh, you you told me what we were going to talk about, and I knew that Julio was in the news. So I did you the honor of going back and watching every route that Julio ran in the playoff game against your Bengals. Yeah. And I don't know. He looked fine to me. They just didn't, they didn't, they didn't throw him the ball. Like, they didn't ask him to do stuff that Julio used to do. Okay. Um but like he he got open occasionally AJ Brown was doing the things that Julio used to do in that offense right. uh so, so like i went back i i I've sort of i mean it wasn't a full time role for Julio after he got hurt he got he missed like a month he came uh-huh. back he was running 25 30 routes a game maybe less in a couple in a couple situations and uh there was a there was a Texans game late in the year uh where they were losing and came back and he he, I think he he scored his only touchdown. Julio scored his only touchdown of the of the year in that game, and he made like a a Julio esque top of the route, juking to the end, running to the deep out, and the defensive back fell down like we were used to seeing. Um He's a year like I don't. Does, what does he have left in the tank now? I don't know. He's a year older. He was thirty two then. He's thirty three now. He's mm-hmm. not coming to Tampa to replace Mike Evans. He's not coming to Tampa to replace a healthy Chris Godwin. So the idea that he's um, in, he in himself is this important fantasy factor. No, I don't, I don't believe that at all, but I also don't, I didn't come away from watching those routes feeling like, Oh no, here's, here's somebody who's totally completely washed. You know, he, he, he okay, good. just flat out can't, can't, can't get open. Um, I think, you know, I don't know who he makes the team, right? I don't have any idea. Cause, cause again, I'm seeing something from a year ago, but I, right. I didn't watch that. And You know, it's easy to look at numbers and just go, oh, he obviously had nothing left, which is what everybody on Twitter and everybody in our business, not everybody, most people in our business are doing. They're just going, they're looking at the result and they're going, I'm, I know that he had nothing left. And it's possible because if you assume rational coaching and, you know, that they would have used a dude who was going to get open a ton, but there were extenuating circumstances. So I'm not willing to completely close the book. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: If you go to Chris's ranks, uh, which, by the way, wide receiver ranks were updated this morning uh, <laughs> because dedication- I had to put Julio in. <laughs> yes. You have Julio around 60 among
2: wide receivers right now. And right.
1: obviously you know, there, there's obviously room you to go up and or down on that. depending on. What sure. You see.
2: I don't think he's going to go too far up based on training camp. I think right. that's probably about like Russell Gage went down a little bit, but I still have my head of Julio. I think, I think they're all draftable just as like reserve receivers, right? It's the Godwin thing that I don't know what to make out of. He tore his freaking ACL. Like, yeah, I, we, we talked on my show. uh, I don't know. La- I guess last week about how it was weird that these injured, these like seriously injured players, the James Robinson's and Chris Godwin's who should probably not contribute until late in the year at the earliest, how people were still drafting them because of a couple of happy beat reports People were still drafting them as though they were kind of just themselves. And now, boy, the tendency is gonna be do that. I just I can't believe that Godwin would be like pure Chris Godwin right away. I just I don't know. Oh, yeah. And when the Bucks signed him
1: and for when they first applied the franchise tag and then signed agreed to a long term deal, I was a little surprised at those developments too, given you know, his injury history and his current injury.
2: The injury history would be to me more relevant. I mean the current injury, you know. You have to pay them if you yeah. if you want them to be on the team long term. You don't really yeah. have a choice. You have to pay them. And Fair. you are you as a listener of my show, you are aware of my thoughts about the salary cap. I think it's completely fake and garbage. And yeah. teams can spend whatever they want, if as long as they're willing to pay more real dollars than salary cap dollars. You just got to throw a lot of real dollars at your team. And the Buccaneers are obviously in the mode where they're willing to spend. Right. Basically. Everything they can spend. They're, you know, they probably look at the Rams budget from last year and they're like, yeah, we made a mistake not spending as much real cash as the Rams spent because that's, you know, we would have had, we might have won another Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, Uh, Yeah. When someone Uh, mentions salary cap, Taysom Hill gets paid again. I mean, (laughs) that's really
1: all there is to it.
2: I'll say that um, Godwin can very much move in my ranks because I'm sort of in that mealy mouthed uh, middle ground. Of like certainly not treating him like I would normally treat a healthy Chris Godwin and giving Mike Evans a little bump because I assume we're not getting real Chris Godwin. But if you know, I think that's true that probably over the next six weeks the Buccaneers will be able to convince us that Chris Godwin really has no ill effects and is completely fine from his knee injury. We're gonna have to rethink it. Yeah. Um uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, both he and Robinson both. I was stunned that they
2: didn't go on the pup
1: list. Uh, but it it's not the all clear either. It might just no. be that, you know
2: they don't have a roster crunch, right? They just don't have a lot of other guys where they're like, we got to make sure we have enough. And I might just not have needed the spot yet. Right. It's hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that that, it's big
1: news. Uh, Lastly, in that grouping though, Russell Gage, what are your thoughts on him as a player?
2: I think he's fine. I think he would be like sort of the platonic ideal of of a slot receiver in a lot of offenses. He isn't the platonic ideal of a Tom Brady slot receiver. Okay. Um, and I don't think they have one. I don't think Godwin really is one either. I'm thinking of the Edelman, uh, that phylum, genus, whatever you want to call it. Like so, right. some, even though Danny Amendola in that offense and the Patriots played outside a little more, but something West Welker, you know, that sort of player, the Welker Edelman sort of player, the one who's like open in a phone booth and super reliable about they're always going to be exactly where they're supposed to be so that full trust can be earned and the ball can be thrown before he ever turns his head. Like that was the magic of Brady to Edelman, even though we all know Edelman wasn't like a truly special player, but he had a couple of special traits. He just knew how to run his feet yeah. <laughs> to the point where his, his plant foot always hit exactly where it was supposed to hit. So Brady didn't have to think. And I don't think that fits Russell Gage's description. I think he's a little more of a freelancer, but he is really quick. Um, so he could certainly be a, like a secondary factor. He could be. And, you know, I assume the Buccaneers are still going to throw a lot, Uh, but I I don't, I don't, I never really viewed him as like, boy, I'm really excited that I'm going to wind up with Russell Gage as my potential like second flex every week. That didn't seem all that interesting to me, even pre Julio and pre Godwin returning. And so none of this sounds great for Gage's stock, but these guys are all draftable. They're all going to be rostered in all leagues and they should be because we talked about it off the top. We don't know this situation. It right. changes every year. Like we really don't know how it's going to work out. We can kind of set up our, I say in my show, our mind palace, right? With we'll set up. This is exactly our picture, but we got to be ready to adjust our mind palace because it's wrong right. every year. And uh, so I, yeah, I suspect that gauge will be heard from, but not, not like a major factor. Yeah, I mean,
1: let's face it with the Bucks, we're always adjusting. Tom Brady's retired. No, he's not retired. Bruce Arians is gone. Okay, <laughs> yay. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's funny how that uh it changes so frequently on that. Uh, we'll move on to other new cycle topics, but first a quick note from our friends at Dynasty Owner. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com and use promo code ROTO5. That's R-O-T-O-5 to receive $5 off any new team. Chances are they'll have a more real salary cap than than the NFL will
2: they do dude yeah. so dynasty owner i think i was the very first podcast they ever advertised on right they, they are still a sponsor of my show do you play in a DO league I, i'm not in that league i'm not in any of their leagues no uh a okay couple of our you should do it are. it's yeah. it's super fun i'm in i'm in one it's really cool i wish i had more time to pay attention to it than i do but yeah. The whole the whole selling point of it, I'm just going to make your case for your spot, is that you're you are working with a hard salary cap. So the player salaries actually matter. So yep. like Joe Burrow just got less valuable in that in that format because he just started making way more money. Right. Because he's just he's going to get a big. Did he get his big contract yet? No, or, he hasn't got paid. no. he has got one
1: more year. He's got one more. So year when he when
2: agent. he gets paid, paid, he'll be worth less because so yep. like Aaron Rodgers was a free agent in that league last year. Because he makes so much that people against their cap were like, well, it's not worth it. Like, you know, I, I want right. the cheaper guy. Uh, it's really cool format, Dynasty owner. Really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, so had, I had Tim
1: fun. on uh, last year on the podcast, and he's on yeah. with Alan uh, Soslowski on Fridays. Uh, some One of these Fridays coming up, he's going to be on there. Yeah, I, I love the idea. I just wish I had the bandwidth. I'm in too right. many leagues, as it is. Yeah. Uh, but, man, that would be fun to be on that one. Uh, it's, it's a great-sounding format. Uh, let's, I, 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 caught your podcast before, you know, I, I didn't, I don't really listen to the part where I was on, but I wanted right. to hear your part on Rashad Bateman. I hear, I hate listening to myself, uh, like <laughs> everybody else. Um, it's like, that no, I love it. Kid. It's like, Actually, that I, kid. I'm listening
2: to, I'm listening to myself right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it's like the Side cartoon. I don't really sound like that. Do I? Yeah, uh, you do. Um, should I temper my enthusiasm for Rashad Bateman?
2: I don't know. Qualify your enthusiasm for Rod Rashad Bateman.
1: Um, I drafted him. I, I I drafted him in the sixth round and a twelve teamer last week, and I thought I was getting. I thought that was too late. I, I don't have any idea. I've I, I
2: have no idea about ADP right now. Man. Oh, I that's I, I know. I good understand. Good. Okay, let's
1: yeah. say I I probably have him around wide receiver twenty. Does that help?
2: It does help. I'm a little lower than that. I see it. I understand why. Um, you know, again, that's a, who else is there kind of situation, right? A lot of helium that will get right. into Rashad. That was a great, I should have thought of that. That's a great example. Like I would argue that based on last year's film alone, which has tons of caveats, a huge number of right, but butts to it, but based entirely what we saw on film from Rashad Bateman last year, the who else is there argument would be a huge flaw. He didn't do very much last year. You know, and so if you're if you're looking at, well, they got rid of Hollywood, like this is the level of analysis that you're getting most places. Right. They got rid of Hollywood Brown. They must love Rashad Bateman. I don't love any of the other names on their on their death chart. They must love Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, 200 targets. You know, like <laughs> if you can't play, he's not getting 200 targets. And I would argue that based on the film last year, I can't I'm not going to say can't play, but he didn't do a lot last year. The reason to take that with a somewhat grain of salt is that there's an obvious reason why he didn't do a ton last year. It's easy to explain why he tears his groin in training camp. He has surgery. He misses the first six weeks of the season or five weeks of the season comes back and he's running a super limited route tree. Mostly short targets are mostly short. He's mostly catching passes against zone. There's almost nothing downfield. When Lamar Jackson's the quarterback, he starts to make a couple of more plays down the field when it's Tyler Huntley and I don't know. He hit a couple of drops. He had an interception. That was his fault. Like he was, he looked like a, like an unprepared rookie to be honest last year. Right. Uh, Is that, is that dude going to turn into Des Bryant in year two? He absolutely might. I don't know. I can't tell you that. Nobody's going to be able to tell you that until we see it, but we have to weigh the, the, like I'm ranking him inside my top 30. So I'm not trying to tell you your rank is stupid. Not, not at all. Like I understand where it's coming from first round draft pick, all the ancillary statements that the Ravens are making about their trust in him. I get it. Sometimes that trust is misplaced and there's an X percent chance that what I saw on film last year means that he's a little bit overrated as a guy, as a talent. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm completely ready to have him turn in the kind of season where you go, no, no, I can see it. I watched a Ravens game. He's special. He's getting open. He's a, he's a good player and he should have been, wide receiver, 11 off of our boards. But it's hard for me to rate him that way based on what I saw. Like He's not Hollywood Brown. He's not that kind of receiver. He's not Tyree Kill. He's not the super quick guy who's just going to always be open. He's going to be open by being bigger and stronger than somebody else. The Des Bryant way of things. I mean, how many okay. times Des Bryant running down the sideline with his arm up and it doesn't look like he's open, but the quarterback would, Romo would just throw it, right? And Des would just find a way because he was just bigger and stronger and tougher and wanted it more like that's Bateman's path to being awesome. And he still might do it. He just didn't do it yet on film last year. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's, and I caught that just
1: on your podcast as well. And so I am tempering my enthusiasm a little bit. Uh, it, it's still enthusiastic about, it. I like there's some things I like to see, but yeah, I should probably dial it down just a little bit there. Cause I probably sure, was I, guilty of the depth chart scouting a little bit there.
2: Yeah. The, yeah. You got to be careful of the depth chart scouting because I mean, I remember last summer, everybody telling me that uh, Tylon Wallace was going to be awesome. Also they drafted. No, no, no. They didn't just draft two, uh, one receiver. They drafted two receivers. Tylon Wallace is going to be a really good player. And then he didn't do anything last year. So now, it, now that's all been forgotten. And I don't know. I don't know. Tylen Wallace from a hole in the wall, but yeah. like I, it could happen. It could. It could be that. I mean, I don't. I, Bateman's not going anywhere. He's a top thirty receiver on my board. And the and frankly, from from about eleven to about fifty is a total cluster. Like I don't know what's going to happen. Sure, sure. There's course. just a lot of similarity among receivers. Um, I'm just saying. First of all, I mean, you and I talked. I th- I think you and I talked. Did we? No, I guess we didn't. I can't remember who I talked with about uh the Ravens. We didn't talk about the Ravens on my no, show. No, we didn't. No. not not yet. I guess I guess it was maybe Liz Loza from Yahoo and and uh, and like there was this feeling of Marquise Brown um, not having been a volume guy. Oh, no, because we talked about the Cardinals. That's what you and I. Ta- that's why both conversations yeah. are in my head. Like Hollywood Brown somehow not being a volume guy with the Ravens last year. And I'm like, well, yeah, he was. He was yeah, totally a talk, volume that was guy. Me and you. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And and he he would he had ten plus targets on like seven or eight games and especially early in the year when Lamar was playing, I just don't think that's the path though with Bateman because he's not the same kind of he's just always open kind of player. So like it has to it it can work but it has to work I think a different way. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Uh, Chris Carson unfortunately has to retire. The the neck injury
2: uh, is just (laughs) he failed his physical. I'm not laughing at Chris Carson. I'm laughing because also on my podcast this week, I I made you talk to me about what if Chris Carson comes back? Yeah. And you were like, I guess I'll have that conversation with you for one minute. And then like six hours later, he was retired. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, way to go, Harris. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's all right. It's all right. But the fact is you made me look good in a way. Cause I think I said, I'm assuming he's not going to play. So uh, I got right. that going you did, for me, Which is you nice. You did say that. Uh, not nice for him, but no. Okay. What do you see in Rashad Penny? What do you see in Kenneth Walker?
2: Well, I don't see anything, in Kenneth Walker. I'm not a college scout. I have no idea. I, the college scouts that I have, you know, people who do college scouting, um, who I have on my show, think that Kenneth, Kenneth Walker's good, but not anything like super crazy special. But okay, I, I'm pretty convinced that we're not great at knowing that beforehand. When when they're not obvious, when they're not Saquon Barkley, when they're not just obvious to anybody who watches any highlight ever, right, right. I think we're not that great, frankly, at projecting college running backs into the pro game. So I, I tend to the agree answer, with that. The answer with Kenneth Walker is I just personally, I don't know. I'm willing. And Rashad Penny, I will say at at his peak last year, you were like, I get it. That's real. That's legit. This isn't Dearness Johnson turning in a couple of big games randomly where you're like, I don't see Dearness Johnson doing anything like amazing. They're just he's not falling down, you know, which makes me think maybe that's not going to last. Rashad Penny was doing some pretty amazing things at his size. He was he had acceleration and pop and uh enough directional change for me to go. That's not typical for a player his size. He ran like a little guy but he's a big guy and that was pretty impressive. So if you could, you know, this is the story of course. Everybody's going to talk about with Penny as if you could grant me full health, I would actually be really interested. Um you know, I would I would draw the parallel like young Jonathan Stewart Mm -hmm. you know that that kind of player who i was very very in favor of you know i was a big jonathan stewart proponent even when he was with d'angelo williams i thought they were both awesome for the panthers fantasy, and they both turned out to be so if if the idealized version of rashad penny is like um young jonathan stewart young healthy jonathan stewart that's that should that should appeal to everybody that guy probably beats out kenneth walker for the most valuable running back in seattle because i don't think I don't know, but I don't think people are thinking that Kenneth Walker is quite that. But a will he stay healthy, and b will the Seahawks ever let him get to the point where he has the kind of workload to prove it? Because they're just worried about him not being healthy. Like, you know, my my assumption is that no, that it's some sort sort of messy split. But I would skills wise guess that Penny has a higher ceiling. Fair,
1: yeah, and I I I think we he's proven that. You know, in those glimpses, when he is healthy, he can play. Um, we see a quarterback room, which our quarterback situation I hate saying room, I say it all the time, and I hate it now. It's I've, I've at the quarterback position,
2: life. yeah. They're the weak position. at the
1: quarterback position. Uh, you, you've got <laughs> there, you they don't have a you know, I, I just you know, I, drew lock. We've seen what he, you know, a lot of what he can do and cannot do. We've seen Geno Smith, and it's even worse. Uh, there's a presumption and there's talk. It's outright talk saying that We want to run more. Pete Carroll always says we want to run more. Uh So I, I assume okay. there's going to be a lot of
2: carries to go around. I'm not, I don't think that's really going on on a limb. Um, there's, there's a lot of carries to go around every single team in the league. I, this yeah. whole, this whole obsession that this industry has with run pass mix is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Run pass mix is pretty much the same around the league p- pals. Like, if the Seahawks run more plays than they passed this year, I will be really, really surprised. It's not the league anymore. They're going to throw everybody throws. They threw the whole let Russ cook thing. They threw a ton. They threw more than they ran in the whole complaining about Russell Wilson days. Like that whole conversation to me is just kind of nonsense. There's plenty of running to be done on every single team. There'll be plenty of running to do in Seattle. If you're, Judging anything, not you personally, if anybody is judging their draft strategy based on anything that comes out of Pete Carroll's mouth, my God, <laughs> you can look, look back 10 years and find the number of times he told the truth. Like he just, right. that's not what he does. He's Petey sunshine. So yes, I, there's plenty of carries, but if it's a terrible offense, who cares? you know, if it winds up being really bad, then the carries aren't worth anything. Houston had a lot of carries last year. How'd that work out? You know, just a bad team. Jacksonville had a lot of carries last year. Eh, didn't work out. Detroit had a lot of carries last year, you know, here and there, but if you're on a, bad, if, if we suspect Seattle's a bad team and if drew lock is their starting quarterback, I kind of suspect Seattle's a bad team. Then the fact that there are a bunch of carries as there are on every team probably means less to me. Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: Uh, it, it's a good point. In fact, uh, so, um, i like rashad penny i i i'm willing to take the chance as, and you know i don't want him as one of my top two backs but
2: i you probably I like have having, to take him yeah
1: but you don't have to do to take him to be one yeah. of those um and i i but i i will take him ahead of walker uh it's not that i won't take walker but i will take penny ahead of walker uh in fact i have ended up with each of them on multiple rosters so far i've done not just best ball. I've done like well, I had to do a mo- I hate mocks, but we had to do a mock for the magazine, so we did one. <laughs> um, I, we Scott Fishbowl I did. I uh, did. Uh, you know, couple of drafts when we were in Vegas last week. So uh, for the company conference. So you know, those are the ones that it's like, okay, it's in person. We're drafting. Okay, I feel like foot, now I can. I'm really starting to be in foot, fantasy football draft season. That's what really kicks it off for me
2: so let me ask I'll ask you a question right out of my show with you this past week like is there anything that Kenneth Walker or the news around Kenneth Walker could do in training camp to make you go oh you know what I start I'm starting to think maybe it actually should be flip-flopped
1: um there I mean it would be like such raves like the beat reporter saying Walker's getting almost all the first team snaps uh that would do it um boy he's got great hands and he really gets blitz pickup too um, right. that they're not going to say that, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it, be, uh, like, you
2: never, you never know. Yeah, no, I think bandaged. that's right. Yeah, I think, I think it would have to be like, it would have to be S- Sig Bloom always says the drumbeat, right. It would have to be that repeated drumbeat over yes. and over. Like, no, you don't understand what they have in this guy. No, you don't under, it can't just be some stray, gosh, it looks like Kenneth Walker sometimes is okay at this, you know, right. it, ha- it, has it would to have to be Adrian like James. Yeah. That, und- exactly. Undeniable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's always my
1: go to example of when training camp in the preseason matters because it really mattered that year. And if right. you weren't paying attention, you missed out on a guy that was deserved to be a first round pick. Um, and by the end of draft season, sometimes was at that turn, but you know, rarely do you get that. It, it, it is just it's not a unicorn, but it's a rare thing, uh, for sure. You're
2: skewing old, Jeff. I don't, I don't know if you know that, but that's more than 20 years ago,
1: dude. I'm always skew old. You should, I mean. <laughs> My, my anytime I do any pop culture reference, it's 20 years old, guaranteed. And it's an audience of two. I get it, I understand that. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to be making current pop pop culture references, they're always going to be ones of my young adult or teenage uh, years, my formative years. Um, because that's when I had time to pay attention to pop culture, and since then, not, not so much. Uh, so yes, it, I, I do skew old, and I'm not, I'm unapologetic about that. <laughs> uh before we uh move on uh i've got to share one other sponsor note let's go ahead and do that right now do you have uh do you love fantasy football but struggle to get your friends or loved ones interested you're in luck fantasy football for dummies is the book for you it takes anyone by the hand and walks them through everything you need to know about playing fantasy football from the basics of drafting to more advanced concepts and strategies for weekly play in the playoffs there's even a new section devoted to daily fantasy sports and how to win real cash prizes With this book, your friends and loved ones will get up to speed on your favorite game and be able to hold their own in any fantasy football league. They'll all have the information at their fingertips to make informed decisions on how to have a successful draft, who to start, and who to bench each week. And finally, they can experience the thrill of victory and avoid the agony of defeat against their competition. Who knows? They might even get good enough to beat you as well. Share the love and purchase your copy of Fantasy Football for Dummies today. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Christopher Harris of harrisfootball.com. We're talking about skills versus roles, dealing with that in the news cycle here. Um, And I I want to talk a little bit about San Francisco. This is another, this is great. This is a great noise item right here. This is (laughs) Trey Lance's team. That was the comment yesterday going around in Niners Twitter. Okay. We already knew that it's official, but we knew he was going to start all along, but they granted Jimmy Garoppolo the chance to seek his own trade because they haven't pulled one off yet. Um, any of that at all move the needle on where you haven't
2: ranked no 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 because you're right 100 this was all um this was all determined long ago the only thing that would would have moved the needle if if they'd come out of that meeting saying we're going to keep jimmy
0: yeah you know and and
2: that would have been like oh that would have been awkward for them and awkward for us but otherwise Mm -hmm. it was already baked in you know the We can read. We're smart enough to read between the lines about you can seek your own trade and we're going to make that public, which is exactly what you said. They can't find a trade that they like. And -hmm. there's no chance in the world that Jimmy's going to find a trade that he likes. So this is ending in a a waiver, you know, by I think it does have to be post September one. I I I believe so.
1: Um, yeah. he has like no guaranteed money after that. So
2: 1 million. Yeah. 1 million, yeah. which I would take myself, but yeah, yeah, I understand Jeff, too. you, you don't need to take it, but I would, I need to take that. I would, I would take it. I would absolutely <laughs> take it. Um,
1: but yes, uh, it's, yeah. So, so let's talk Trey Lance. Okay. We saw two starts and like a couple of snaps. Otherwise, weirdly enough, we saw very few snaps, no run packages put in for him or anything like that. That I, I found that strange that they just completely went away from what they were doing the first couple of weeks of the season. So we had a big gap where we just saw him holding a clipboard, basically. Uh, and then we saw two starts, one of which was against Arizona, where he was really rough throwing the ball. Yeah. Another one against Houston, where first half, he was really rough throwing the ball. It was not as rough in the second half. What can you do with that information when you're ranking him this year?
2: I think the smart thing to do is to treat him kind of like Jalen hurts last year, Mm -hmm. which is to say I'm, I'm he's, he's draftable. I'm recognizing that he has his, his fantasy value is just divorced from his real life value because of the running. Right. Um, But, there is a chance that he has to get benched. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a chance. I, I don't think I could draft him to be my fantasy starter. I think I would probably be more of the mind to say, if somebody else wants to take him in the top 12 quarterbacks and have him be your starter, more power to you. I, I'm going to tend to wait on quarterback anyway. So I, I get whoever. Stafford, you know, as the as the 11th quarterback, whenever I'm ready to start taking quarterback. And then I go, you know what? For fun, I'll if he's still available, I'll throw in a few rounds later a Trey Lance pick. Uh, Just to see. I just don't know that the reward matters that much. I I mean, super flex, it matters more, right? You're more, you're, you're certainly more willing to take the chance on the higher upside, scarier downside guy in a super flex Mm -hmm. league, just because you presumably can find a replacement. And if you can't find a replacement for that second quarterback, you can start. A running back you can start another position it's not not optimal but you're looking to get that second guy who is a total crusher you know t- just turns right. into a 30 to 30 plus point a week monster because of the running I just don't think it's guaranteed that he can play you know there's right. a, when when it's that big a difference between I mean Jalen Hurts still has the same question I'm sorry to say you know even though we're now like Jalen Hurts he's a made guy you couldn't make QB6 oh my god <laughs> like Another dude who could easily get benched by the end of this year because his goodness for quarterback isn't as good as isn't as high as his goodness for fantasy.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, you've got Lance at QB sixteen right now. Uh you've got my guy, Joe Burrow, who just had an appendectomy at QB eleven. So uh and you've got Hertz at twelve. Yeah. What would change to move move any of these guys in your rankings in training camp for the preseason? Anything?
2: so i sure trust burrow more than i trust hurts my god i would want burrow a hundred times out of a hundred over hertz like i feel mm-hmm. like maybe that's where my big drop off is you could easily convince me that i should be like qb7 on burrow or it just feels like those guys are all pretty similar to me okay and maybe maybe i came down the appendectomy is not changing anything he'll be fine i mean I unless i hear that he's unless i hear that he's not fine in which case of course you know negative news is always going to drop guys but assuming everything is flowery for him um, he's probably going to stay where he stays and the logic probably like if I'm comparing him to, I'm going to, I'm not looking right at him, but I'm going to guess like Stafford's right near him. I yep. certainly you have, have Roger Stafford nine Prescott. Got, yeah. 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 So I think the difference probably for me to slight winning thing for those other guys is that, you know, as well as anybody that some of the greatness that happened was some pretty wacky downfield stuff that makes everybody even jamar chase who i love and love and loved last year and consider a big win for the show and all that stuff but it's a little unrepeatable it's a little fluky i i don't look at that offense and i go yes definitely for sure that guy is going to be close to the leaders in yards per attempt it it or i mean yards per attempt doesn't even bother me so much but like average yards at the target it doesn't seem to me that that's really that offense that they that they had some big plays that skewed it um yeah. even though it's a really good offense and he's a really good player i think probably there's just a little bit of regression for the for the huge like thunderous totally league winning weeks from Chase and Burrow compared to last year
1: I think that's a fair statement. I mean, all—I mean, just all you have to do is look at schedule alone, and you can think there's just the whole concept of regression alone, and you can see that. Uh, and I think the one thing that skews in favor of Burrow and the Bengals' offense as a whole is they actually went out and tried to attempt to fix the th- the one thing that was broken last year, which sure. that offensive line. line. Yeah. Uh, now, Burrow not getting to practice to them for a while might not nah. is not optimal, but I don't think it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah.
2: matter. I mean, he got sacked fifty something times, right? Most of the and league, fifty one, way 51, 51 more too Yeah, exactly. So, like, a, it's a mistake to assume that that immediately gets fixed. They didn't, you know, not everybody they acquired is definitely, uh, you know, going to work, right? Mm-hmm. And also, b, like, there's something to the idea that Burrow maybe held the ball a little too long at times. 100 percent, he did. Did, did. Just look at the Tennessee really, game. You can yeah. see that for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so uh, this is this is a great. Um, fun. Like I'm psyched for you as a Bengal fan. Like I'm not a Bengal fan. I'm psyched that you're a Bengal fan. I'm psyched that team is just fun to watch. I hope they all stay healthy. Like it's super cool. Yeah, and I think they're going to be really good. But there's probably also, and not in the Burrow rank because Burrow did what he did, and he's a really good player. But there's probably a little like of a of a sheen around the Bengals for having gone to the Super Bowl and acquitted themselves well. When I just rewatched that Tennessee game, they should have lost. You know, (laughs) like. There was no great team last year, and the two the Rams and Bengals could have lost multiple times in the playoffs before they ever got to the Super Bowl. So to, to, to say that they were somehow, oh, now they've proven themselves. They're elite, and they're going to be elite every year. I go, ooh, uh, I mean, I think they're going to have a winning record, but there's a lot of good teams in the AFC, so maybe.
1: Yeah, I'll just say I was thankful that the uh, Chiefs beat the Bills. I think that if they go to – I don't think the Bengals win in Buffalo. Um, right. I think that they – Matchup wise, it was worse for them. And although, you know, maybe no Tradavius White against, you know, a chase would have been a problem for Buffalo too. Who knows? I mean, you know, you know, but the thing is, I, I was hoping it was the Chiefs and not the Bills. Uh, we we had beaten we chris i'm going using we again i hope you're happy to hear that um, i'm very
2: happy it's just as a patriots fan i can't do it because think about how that sounds that's just gross. i know
1: <laughs> i know but
2: i i've had and people know this i've been around a while people know i'm a Bengals
1: fan it's a unique yep. and rare thing i get to i get to fly that we flag um and, and they beat the chiefs you know in the regular season and, and a shootout again it was this close to not beating them but Right. Same thing as the playoff game. I mean, but that was the whole season. I mean, you're right. There was a lot of circumstances that worked in their favor, and it could have happened. Could have that that story could have ended every di- a different way. Almost in, even in the Raiders game in the playoffs, could have ended differently. I mean, that was closer than it should have been. Uh, do so,
2: people do people people love Joe Mixon now? Right? They've just decided he's good after telling me for five years he's bad. <laughs> Is that right? Honestly, I I, I think
1: I I have he's more good. question marks about I I. I'm more qu- people I'm,
2: more... I'm talking to the market you're, yeah. you're rational like do people have decided Joe Mixon is a first round like a mid first round pick now
1: I think right I, I think they I think I see him at the turn yeah somewhere between okay. like nine and it's really interesting
2: 15. yeah seems to me every every summer I've had to fight off the idea that they're giving away his job oh well, they're definitely not giving it <laughs> that's not gonna yes. happen for sure that that's yes. definitely
1: for sure especially after we saw Samaj freaking P Ryan and the most critical plays in the Super Bowl, Anyways, soapbox aside, let's move on. I I want to be happy about this.
2: Um, Got dark in my room all of a sudden. Sorry, I'm like in the dark here.
1: Well, that's all right. Yeah, (laughs) a darkness fell over the room when you mentioned the name. We talked about the Bengals. That's a little yes. That's right. Uh, Quick note here from our Blue Wire sponsors on the Blue Wire Network.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: All of our podcasts are hosted on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we thank them for that. Uh, We got a couple more news items here. Uh, News versus noise. Leonard Fournette, he tweeted out the whole fat suit uh, thing, go heading off to training camp. The funny thing is that story blew up last week. Oh, he, that he had blown up to 260 pounds. <laughs> However, that was a dated report. It was like a month and a half ago when he was at then. And since then, he had been working with a personal tra- trainer. He's not that anymore. He's back to the same playing weight he was last year. RB2. Oh No, RB, like your personal RB2 or RB2 overall? Yeah.
2: RB2 overall. Yeah, he should be. He should be going. He should probably be be the number two pick, I think, based on this news. It's huge. Oh,
1: yeah. Huge. Huge. It's a
2: huge (laughs) huge change in the assessment of Leonard Fournette. Um, It's very clear that unlike every other year he's played, he's very serious now.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, I mean, it's a good example of uh, complete nonsense that we should pay zero attention to. And Leonard Fournette is what he is. Like, if there's never been a mislabeled running back in the last 10 years, more than Leonard Fournette, I mean, those years in Jacksonville people are trying to tell us, you know, he was, he was like a hall of fame type player. It's like, well, right, watch him play. No, he's not. He doesn't Adrian move. There.
1: Peterson reincarnated.
2: He's <laughs> slow. Uh, but he's, you know, he does what he does. And I would guarantee you at some point he's going to take a couple weeks off this year. Cause that's just what he does. And then we'll see.
1: All right. Um, Michael Thomas, not expect to be on the pup list for very long. Uh, mm. He was, like, when the Pup List first started coming out, I think Thomas might have been the first one to go on any team's Pup List. And everybody freaked out. Maybe even me, self-included, a little bit. Because we've had two lost years. Like, he's not ready yet? Come on. But a lot of teams will put guys on there for a couple days, for a week or something like that, especially in training camp time. Right. It it sounds like that's the case here with Michael Thomas.
2: Yeah, we don't know anything, but it seems to me that I'll put it this way. Assuming that the coach was telling the truth when he said that, and Michael Thomas is, you know, as of August 3rd, going to be off the pup list, most Mm -hmm. of the fantasy ranking world is going to have a decision to make. Right. Because you no longer are going to have that as an excuse. You know, like, sorry, he's not healthy, right? He's wide receiver 32. I wouldn't touch him. You know, the second he's able to partake in basically all of training camp, I don't know what the right answer is because it's a hell of a lot of moving parts, but it's not wide receiver 32 anymore. I know that much. I mean, I, I haven't ranked really high. I'm like 12 or 13.
1: I just um, pulled up your rankings on that. I was like, oh, he eats. Well, he's there.
2: I mean, you, you, you tell me. <laughs> you tell me if Michael Thomas is, is, is right for all of training camp. Yeah, I, I don't the know. Guy, I really don't know. The guy yeah. who was the. The, if you didn't have him as the number like seven pick overall two years ago, you were a moron, mm-hmm. right? Is he really not? Did he get that much worse? Like, it's not Drew Brees, but it's Jameis Winston, who certainly has made va- valuable fantasy receivers in the past. And there's plenty of in the today's NFL. There's enough passing that goes around for anybody. And Michael Thomas, if he's Michael Thomas, strikes. He's one of the best receivers in the in the game. It's obvious that he would be a focal point of any. Passing game that he was partaking in. So if he's healthy, 160 plus targets is like locked in for sure. So all the tar- all the math people are going to love it. Like the scouting people, like me, are going to love it because he's good. Like I don't know, I don't know how I get away from him that high. I guess the way you get away is you just go no, I d- I don't want to do it. It's for me, he's the McCaffrey of receivers. I just have decided I don't want to play. I don't want to be the one left holding the bag. There's enough good other other options. I might not get the upside, but I know I don't have the scary downside.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's a great comparison. And I have kind of taken the approach that I don't want McCaffrey and I don't want Thomas so far. But then again, it's all sight unseen. Uh With McCaffrey, I mean, at least you know, he doesn't have a present injury, whereas Thomas until until he's off that pup list until he's doing those
2: things right but we're assuming we're so assuming, I'm, I'm like grant let's let's fast forward we're doing this six days from now and he's off and he's and they're like yep he was always ready he had the surgery more than a year ago yeah. he's himself he's michael thomas that's what the reports are let's say you know i'm not saying you're wrong to have the feeling of like you know what i just don't want to get left holding this bag again i don't I don't want to yeah. play. I don't want to be in this business. I totally understand it. I completely understand it. I bet I'm going to feel opposite. I bet I'm going to be like, Ooh, I, I feel like everyone's going to make allowances for McCaffrey and no one's going to make allowance for Thomas's for Thomas. And I'm going to feel like I'd rather have Thomas.
1: I'll, I'll say this. I, yeah, I, right now I'm, I'm neat. neither. I need trust, but verify I'm in the, uh, I need to see something at all. Yeah. Um, but, and I might not see it. I might, you know, Teams are notoriously tight now about trying to, you know, prevent any good info from leaking out. Some teams are are worse than others, you know, granting reporters access, reporters, you know, being able to report what we want to hear. And that's not necessarily their job, by the way. I mean, I I get it. We'd like them to we'd like to customize the reports. They're trying to many do try to cater to the fantasy audience. Others don't. But uh, right.
2: All I would need to see from from beat reports about Michael Thomas is like he just looks like Michael Thomas in drills. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's he's open in shell drills. He's if I just get that I think I can get that. I think I can get that from Saints beat reporters. I don't think I, I don't need to see him in a game. I don't need to see him preseason doesn't matter anyway. He's playing against somebody who's not who's a future dry cleaner. Like I, if I just see with McCaffrey, there's nothing they can say. With McCaffrey, he's not hurt. And he's not going to get hurt until they decide to give him 36 carries in the game again. And then he's going to get hurt. They just right. use him wrong. Like the reason I'm going to dra- not going to dra- probably not be the one in my league who drafts McCaffrey has isn't really McCaffrey's fault. He's not built to be. Derek Henry, he's he shouldn't have that workload. I make the comparison all the time on and like I'd rather have Eckler than McCaffrey because the Chargers know what they have and they go, OK, 15 to 20, buddy, that's it. Yep. And we're going to give you the most valuable 15 to 20, and you're going to be awesome on them, and we're going to save you that way. And it, it's going to lower your injury chance X percent. And McCaffrey, I just don't trust this coach. I just think he's going to be like, keep calling his number. Yeah,
1: that's right. I, I, I hear you on that, Um, and I feel the same way. Uh, I want to finally end uh, with a little bit uh to- you talking about best ball and how <laughs> –
2: uh you just set me up to make people mad at me <laughs>
1: come on chris uh I, you you want it you want that anyway. come on um you don't like
2: playing best ball no, i don't i'm trying to make myself brighter here for your viewing audience am i yes. succeeding in any way i'm just making myself yep, there it I'm is it's a back better um i don't like i think best ball i is a manufacturer of people who want to make money off of fantasy 365 there are companies that have sprung up to fill a demand that wasn't there. It's, it's an invented demand industry, yeah. um, in my opinion. And it's fine. I'm not t- I'm not mad at those companies. That's great. They're worth lots and lots of money. They're worth a lot more money than I am. Um, yeah. But I the need feels like it's kind of the DJM need. Mm-hmm. And I don't find it fun to play best ball in the slightest. I've played tons. I t- avoided as much as I can it's it's because idle you know idle hands are the work of the devil whatever devil devils play things or whatever like people in may are just bored and they want to have to do something with fantasy so they go ah ha, ha I know what I'll do I'll draft a team for four months from now that I don't have to think about because by then I'll have real things to think about that I have more control over so instead I'm just gonna pretend like I can see the future and know how these position battles are gonna go and all these injuries are going to resolve and 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 find value relative to the other knuckleheads who are willing to play at this time of year. Um, I just don't find it to be compelling in the slightest. Feel yeah. free to slap me down.
1: No, I won't slap you down because I don't play a whole lot. I play some. It's fun every once in a while. Like I'm in the airport. I'm waiting. You know, I got a. I had a. I had a, a flight <laughs> delayed.
2: I'll jump in a league. Fine. Okay. What a ringing endorsement. No, <laughs> if, you're, if there's nothing else to do and you're totally bored, here's this thing that kind of sucks <laughs> and, and you're not going to care about it in four months very much, but now let's freaking go. <laughs> it's not my,
1: yeah, it, it, I also do a lot of baseball. I know you don't, you've been freed from that. Um, I yeah. love doing baseball, so it's okay. Um, so I, I just don't have the bandwidth to do best ball a whole lot. And, you know, I don't want to, you know. It's like I understand those that are into it, that you want to do football year round. Good, go on, good for you, good on you. Uh, but it's it's not my cup of tea that much either.
2: No, I just, you know, I, I I recognize there, you know, what's the difference between doing it in May and doing it in August? We know things in August, yeah, <laughs> you know. Let's let's draft and and put a lot of money on the line when we don't know things and like i have friends who say but that's the beauty is that you have so much dumb money in the game in may that you can find advantages you get a much smarter market that you're playing against in august everybody's Mm -hmm. more tuned into what's going on so you get just you get these bored knuckleheads who will draft stupidly and i get the best i get the best teams when i'm drafting in may and i go okay well now you're talking about like arbitrage more than you're talking about something that you enjoy like go right. do something else. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, yeah, it, 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 you're exactly right. If you play fantasy baseball, you have no need for fantasy football in spring. You know, it's just silly. But that's been my approach before.
1: And that's yeah. why I don't do so well in best ball these or do that many of them. Um, I don't know. And maybe that's not why I don't do well, but uh, I just, <laughs> I just don't do them that often. You
2: don't have the powers of clairvoyance that others do. People, other right. people are just, they just know how these, everything's going to work out. Their mind palaces are perfect.
1: Yeah, I need to work on my mind palace game. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> your mind palace game is stepping up. You're you're doing two podcasts a week this week, but it's about to go every day.
2: Is it that is right? it is August as of August 1st, five a week until like mid December. I guess Thanksgiving I take a break. I take I do like two shows, three shows the Thanksgiving week. But yeah, it's a lot. I, I so I'm not doing my almanac that I send you every year. Right. Uh, you know, the thing that I've written. Even when I was at ESPN, I wrote their magazine, I wrote player profiles. I, this is the first summer, spring slash summer that I haven't written uh, football profiles since like 2010, um, and it's been pretty great, I have to say. Yeah, and it's it's kind of left me um, pretty rocking and psyched to start the show five a week, whereas under normal circumstances, when I to make that almanac where I write a profile for like every player for you know 250 players, or whatever. Uh, I have to do it every day, all spring and summer. Like I can't ever stop. And so by this time I'm almost, you know, right when I'm starting to do daily shows, I'm kind of burned out. And this year I'm absolutely not. So I'm, you know, I'm, I have, I probably have more work to do in terms of player evaluation in August because I didn't do it over the course of the spring. And I'm planning on doing a lot more player evaluation during August, but I'm also like more revved up to be doing five shows a week. It's, it's nice. going to be really fun yeah really
1: looking forward to hearing that uh and seeing the fruits of your uh, work uh, on harrisfootball.com uh you're also a novelist by the way um i am did you do any novel
2: listing this summer fiction writing yeah, yeah yeah more more really in the winter and the spring that's basically what okay. i was doing january through like june i would say this this okay. month getting back to my show two times a week i've kind of dialed it back a little bit i wrote a little this morning but not too much i i'm just very very deep into a very very long novel so i knew i was never going to finish it this year so next year i'll be finishing it
1: all right very good i look forward to seeing that too uh what so anything else you want people to know about before we let you go uh
2: i want people to know that jeff erickson's home golf course kind of sucks
1: you don't like San Dimas. yeah. Sorry, that's one of the many courses that I play. But uh, yeah, you did not like San Dimas. That's too bad. But it's okay. It's
2: okay. such a jerky thing to say. But you said, Do I, "Is there anything else I want people to know?" And that's really what I wanted people to know: that San Dimas. you got to come west and play Griffith Park a little more frequently, and you'll you'll get a sense of what. Good I can't golf get is. on Griffith Park.
1: I love Griffith Park. Yeah. Uh, well, almost... I can get
2: I can get us on because
1: I'm up early, so. Yeah. And you got the city no, card I, I, and I don't have a city card That's right, because so, I'm in Monrovia. You're in Los Angeles. So, um, you get that city card. Um, yeah, on a yacht.
2: what do you mean? I'm in Los, I'm on a yacht. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Sorry. Oh, I don't want to blow your cover.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Chris, awesome stuff as always. Thank you so much for joining me today and kicking off uh, the Wednesday industry guest podcast. Uh, always, always a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
2: All right, Jeff thanks for having me it was a, it was a, it was a blast um, I'll talk to you on my show soon
1: all right very good Chris Harris everybody at harrisfootball.com thanks for everybody listening uh, we'll be back again next Wednesday with another guest in the industry take care